Romans chapter 10. Excuse me for snorting. I've got the Delta cruet, I think. Hallelujah. Ought to be used to it by now, but, uh, you know, <laughs> 70 years doesn't make any difference. You're still going to have a running old. <laughs> I got a treat for some of y'all. Y'all going to be blessed, I think. I'm going to read to you from the King James. <laughs> <laughs> they look at me like, <laughs> wow, hallelujah. I'll get my Bible and open it now. <laughs> I'll uh, try to do better about that and have uh, King James and uh, my, my version, this version that I use also. Romans chapter 10, verse 1 says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Have not, excuse me, submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up uh, again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord Overall is rich unto all that call upon him. Let's pray. Father, we uh, thank you for the honor you do us in being with us when we come together to worship. Lord, I know sometimes it's hard for us to get up and do the things we need to do to make ourselves get here. Lord, uh, just bless all that come this way and uh, take part in the study of your word. And God, the fellowship with you and with others. Lord, we pray that as we look at your word together this morning, you would open our hearts and minds that we might see your message 
to us today. Help us apply it to our living today in this world around people, God, that uh, seem to be like the Jewish people used to be. We uh, ask for strength and wisdom in our witness and our love for others. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the Jews had a zeal for God. They did. They had for hundreds of years. But uh, Paul tells them, and Paul was a good Jew. I mean, he, he told them, I'm, I'm a man of, of the law. I, I understand all of these things were brought up that way. But the Jews had misplaced their zeal for God in putting it in worldly things after Jesus came. Uh, they needed to, uh, one thing more than uh, a lot of others, the concern for the lost. Now, they were more concerned with keeping the law, being a good person, than they were about being lost. And the Jewish, whole nation of the Jews, had a zeal for God, but they didn't have Jesus. They didn't want Jesus. They rejected Jesus. You remember, it was them that demanded he be hung on the cross. They had a misplaced zeal for Jesus. And uh, Paul said, uh, his heart's desire was to see his people saved to uh, turn to salvation. And uh, it, it was hard for them to do. Uh, you know, today in our society, when we look around us, we can see people that have a zeal for a God of some kind. I don't know how many gods there are floating around out there uh, that people hold to, but uh, you can you can find all of these foreign religions and all of that kind of stuff. We know about those gods, but you know people in the United States of America that were born here that uh, were raised by American families ought to know better than to bow before idols, but that's just what they do. I hate to be mean and cruel. Anybody Catholic here? Nobody raised their hand. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of those folks who've got a misplaced zeal just like the Jews. Just like the Jews. My wife's making me signs over there. She's afraid y'all can't hear me. Can you hear me? Okay. Who's the hardest to hear in here besides me? Can you hear me, brother? As long as you can hear me, everything's okay. <laughs> the, the Roman Catholic people today, God love them. You know, they have a zeal for the Lord. Y'all ever been in a Catholic church? You can see the zeal they have for the Lord when you walk in, all those saints on the wall. Well, you know, they feel comfortable praying to those saints just as 
well as they do praying to Jesus. And to me, that's, that's a misplaced zeal. I don't know how y'all feel about that, but you know, I've known some wonderful Catholic people, but I'm like Paul. My fear is for them not being saved. They've put their confidence in everything except Jesus Christ. Now, nothing else matters. We don't need statues and idols. We don't need a lot of other stuff. And uh, we, as, as Baptists, sometimes we, we kind of get out there in the left field, too. Uh, we can pick on every denomination. Everybody's got their problems. But, folks, the most important thing that God looks at is our heart, is whether we're true to him. We love him the most, more than anything now, I'm going to tell you what, when I graduated from high school, and I probably told you this before, uh, my daddy, God love him, let me have his car, the family car, a 1958 Chevrolet Impala Sport Coupe, stretch job. It'd fly. Nothing that a teenage boy loves better than a good-looking car that'll fly. And I put a lot of energy and effort in that. I loved that thing. I did. My daddy warned me, if you go off school, you go off down there in the moorhead. I was at state first, but I <laughs> couldn't handle that. I came home and went to, went to a junior college the second semester. Daddy said, you go off to school and you make bad grades, I'm going to sell your car. Well, I thought that was just idle threat. You know, that wasn't going to happen. Daddy loved that car as much as I did, and he did. He loved that old car. And I went off to college and came back and had made bad grades. <laughs> Didn't do too good <laughs> on the three-point system. I think I had a .05 or something like that, great point ever. It was pitiful. And Daddy did exactly what he said he was going to do. He sold it. And my prejudice is going to show he sold it to a black man. You can imagine what the car looked like in six months. You know, I mean, that, that's just, that's our way of thinking. That's our way of thinking. What we love is so important, it just eats away at us. Broke my heart. A zeal that was misplaced. The only good thing that came out of that was her. I, I went to junior college, that's where I met her. That's right. Well, we won't go into what attracted me to her first. We won't do that. She, she was a pretty little thing. She's a pretty big thing now. Not, not in size. Age. I'm getting deeper and deeper in the hole, am I not? I won't ever get out. Oh, God love us. That, that was a misplaced zeal anyway. I thought more of her than I did do a check. What'd you say? You might not get supper tonight. <laughs> <laughs> or 
might be a week or two. Uh, anyway, our zeal for something or someone can be put in the wrong place. I had my mind when I went off to college on more things than school and making grades. I went to have a good time, and I did for about six months. Good times were over. I didn't do anything but really flunk my first year of college. My daddy did exactly what he said he was going to do. He sold that car and put me on a bus riding to junior college. It was 58 miles one way down Highway 49. Uh, Y'all may not know about 49 in Clarksdale, but it's one of them old concrete roads, you know, it's got the tar strip between the slab. <laughs> For 58 miles. <laughs> one way. <laughs> when class was over, he'd get back into the thing and come home. <laughs> you couldn't sleep because you'd jar your head up against the window. <laughs> you know, um, that's, that's what misplaced zeal to get you, though. Exactly what you don't want, most of the time, just opposite of what you do want. And that's what was the matter with the Jews. They had a zeal for God, but it was placed in things rather than in God. And folks, the sad part about it is they didn't know it. They didn't know it. Paul was a Jew, and he got saved. And that's what he says here. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God concerning them is their salvation. He wanted them to get saved. And we've got so many people around us, friends that we work with and associate with and do everything with uh, around us. Uh, folks we know, have known for years. And uh, we have very little knowledge about them. But Paul said he desired the salvation of those folks, even if they had their zeal for God placed in the wrong place. The Jews now had a... They had an old religion, and their old religion was a godly religion because they worshiped God. They had gotten away from that gradually and by degrees and fallen uh, away from God and into sin. Verse 2 says, I can testify about them that they have zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They knew about God, but it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't the historical belief of God, it's the God that came from the Old Testament. Uh, salvation and Jesus Christ and everything else is in the Old Testament. God put it there for us to see. And we might have to work a little bit to figure it out, but he told us what was going to happen and what was coming. And the Jews rejected Jesus. Paul was broken hearted, and he had been one of those. That rejected Jesus. Verse 3 says, Because they disregarded the righteousness from God and attempted to establish their own righteousness, they have not submitted to God's righteousness. <laughs> Does that sound like our world today? How many people set the rules for themselves? Anything goes. I can do whatever I want to do. 
especially if you claim to be a Christian. Because if I've professed faith in Jesus Christ, all my sins are forgiven. I can't do anything wrong. I want to tell you something. <laughs> Some of the rowdiest boys I went to school with went to church every Sunday. They were baptized and full-fledged members of the church, just like me. But they were in the same rut as me. They had a misplaced zeal for God, and their righteousness was a fake. It uh, was one of these things Paul talks about, the attempt to establish our own righteousness. Isn't that the way of the world? Now, folks, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to meddle a little bit with the TV folks now and uh, hope nobody's recording this and take it to the police because I'll be arrested. <laughs> well, I mean, they're doing that to our churches. They're rapidly and by degrees taking our rights as a church away from us. It won't be long before we assemble here in this place and preach God and teach God and mention God and sing to God and everything else. Police going to come in that door and say, this is a public place. You can't do that. Everywhere that's a public place now, you can't mention the name of God or Jesus without getting in trouble if somebody turns you into the police. That's just the way it is. That's the way it's coming. Paul said... That righteousness that you have may be a good righteousness, but you can't do whatever you want to do. You can't turn the TV on today, especially during prime time. And I don't watch the soaps. I can't imagine what the soaps look like today. But prime time television, you can't turn it on without seeing mixed couples in sexual affairs. Men, two men with each other in love affair, two women with each other in love affair, and it's portrayed as wonderful on the TV. If you just looked at that, you'd think it was, that's the way we live. They, it's what Paul talked about. They have a zeal for righteousness, but it's not of God. That was their own righteousness that they had built. People do that around drinking and everything else. Well, preacher, it doesn't matter with me having a few drinks. I can have two or three beers in the afternoon. Nothing to matter with that. Have you ever seen anybody in your life can stop with three beers? <clears throat> now, I ain't no dummy. <clears throat> I've been around, and I've had my share of beer sodas. That's seldom, if ever. Anybody can stop with two or three. Sin is that way. It just sucks us in and pulls us deeper and deeper and deeper. Well, preacher, ain't nothing matter with me having a drink after, after work. Yeah, well, I'll concede that if you can have one drink and go home, that's fine. How many people do you know can go have one drink anywhere and go home? Where do folks around here go now to get a drink? Across the river. They can find just about anything they want across the river at that casino. They love that place. I hear people all the time talking about going to the casino. They have another, they have their pet names for the place. 
they, but they go to the casino, and I don't know what all they see in there, and, but they go over there to drink and carouse and, and uh, be rowdy. I know what they do. Christian people, I'm talking about church folks. They'll go to church on Sunday and go down Sunday night. They have a misplaced zeal, and that's what Paul's talking about. You Jews, y'all are really people that claim to love God, but all of your zeal for God's in the wrong place. It said in verse 4, This Christ that you've rejected, basically, is the Lord, the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone who believes. I hate to say this, Jesus basically took the Old Testament and ripped it in half, threw it at their feet in the synagogue. The Old Testament was not what they lived by anymore. His word, his life, his example was what they were to live by. Folks, that's the way it is for us today. That's what we should do today. Anything else that can be misconstrued by the general lost public as being ungodly, well to throw away, well to get rid of it. I'm really going to meddle now. <laughs> I was guilty. My whole family was guilty. You couldn't walk in our house and breathe normally because of the stale smoke floating in the air that had absorbed into all of the upholstered furniture. You couldn't sit anywhere. You couldn't lay down on a bed anywhere. You couldn't walk through the house and sit down at a metal table in the kitchen and not be inundated without the, I mean, with the smell of nicotine, cigarettes. It's just that bad. Now, I mean, it, uh, that makes some people sick, but folks, I'm going to tell you something. You might say, well, there's nothing the matter with it. It's just like those drinks. What does, what does nicotine do to you? It causes cancer. Well, I'm tough. It's not going to do me that way. Well, I hope not. But you know, you puffing on a cigarette in front of the boys or walking down the street where the public can see you. It's not right. If you want to smoke, go to house. If you want to kill yourself, do it on your own time. Don't be a bad example for the Lord. That's what Paul was trying to tell the Jews. Y'all have a zeal for God, but you've misplaced it. You think you can do anything and say, well, I'm a Jew. It doesn't work that way, folks. Never has, never will. Verse 4 said, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Well, Moses writes about the righteousness that is from the law. The one who does these things will live by them. Read that again. The one who does these things will live by them. Does that apply to us as Christians? We say we're Christian. What does that mean? We should live like Jesus. Well, that's hard saying now. You know, I did my share of 
drinking Budweiser's and uh, liquor. I am, and supposed to have been a Christian when I did it. I've uh, I've been out there, and uh, I really was something else. For Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone who believes. Listen, I was one of those people that thought just because I had Jesus and was covered by his blood, past, present, and future sins were forgiven. That's true, but the, <laughs> that, that is real. To a Christian person, past, present, and future sins have been forgiven. Jesus has taken all of that up on himself. But folks, what the word says is, if you believe that, if you confess that, what are you supposed to do? Live like it. Live like it. We're examples to the world. And if you don't think they don't know you're a member of a church, you just ask them. Now, they, they all, nine out of ten people can almost tell you where you go to church. They know. Verse 5 says, For Moses writes about the righteousness that is from the law. The one who does these things will live by them. Now, if we want, if we want to be under the law of righteousness, that's what Paul said. If you're going to be like that, you've got to live by it. What is that, perfect life? That's what he's talking about. You've got to live in perfection. But the righteousness that comes from faith speaks like this. Do not say in your heart, who will go up to heaven, that is to bring down Christ, or who will go down to the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the, from the dead. On the contrary, what it does say is, the message is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. Verse 9, if you don't learn any more scripture verses... You need to learn these two verses, 9 and 10, because you can witness to anybody with these two verses. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, he put it like it was. It's faith and belief in Jesus. With the heart... One believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, one confesses, resulting in salvation. See, a lot of people that make supposedly make a profession of faith, and they don't want to get baptized. Or they won't get baptized for some reason. Why? That's a public thing that people see and people know. People in other churches know if you're going to get baptized or not. Some of them may even come see you get baptized. That's a good testimony. It's a good, great testimony that you have died to the old self, been buried with Christ, and resurrected to a new, new life. That's, that's a wonderful testimony. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Verse 10 says, With the heart one believes resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth one confesses, resulting in salvation. People, people a lot of time, Herschel, you know this. 
people get saved and the preacher asks them to say something or tell everybody about it. Well, I don't want to talk in church. I don't want to do that. They're scared. Well, you can overcome your fear <laughs> if you do what Jesus said. With the heart, you believe. It results in righteousness. With the mouth, you confess. The heart cleanses the soul and the heart. But what does this say? And with the mouth, one confesses, resulting in righteousness. Those are hard saying, folks. But someone who won't willingly stand up before however many people it is and say, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, been washed in the blood. I've been born again, whatever. But give an outward testimony to the world what's happened in here. What does the scripture say? I didn't say this. What does the scripture say? Verse 10 says, With the heart one believes, resulting in righteousness. With the mouth one confesses, resulting in salvation. If you're not willing to tell people what Jesus did for you, you haven't got Jesus. Period. End of quote. Now the scripture says, No one who believes on him will be put to shame, for there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek, since the same Lord of all is rich to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Folks, there's no difference between us and any other human being in the world. We're, we're all flesh and blood, physical, got souls. The only difference between us and a lost person is the disposition of the soul at death. Now, our job that God has given us is to get as many of them that are headed for the, for the grave without Jesus to accept Jesus and be saved so they can have the same thing we got. And there's nothing to be lorded over people about it's nothing to strut around about and act different. Just act like Jesus is right there with you. Jesus is right there with you. How many things do we do on a regular basis? We don't want Jesus to know. <laughs> Giggling. Jesus knows everything. We, we can't get away from him. We can run as the old saying goes, but you can't hide. If he's your Lord, he's with you every moment of your life. He sees everything. He listens to your mind. He knows every thought. And Paul said, you Jews have for hundreds of years put your faith in the law, those Ten Commandments. That's what you have put your faith in, the law. I'm telling you, you need to put your faith in God, the Father, Jesus Christ, who came and died for you. That's what I'm telling you. Folks, that's what our job ought to be. That's what our job is. Scripture tells us to go tell. Go tell. Not warm pews. Go tell. 
we're like Jews, we have misplaced zeal. Or we think it's a great thing if we go to church. People ask us if we're a Christian. Oh yeah, I go to West Acres Baptist Church. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I go to West Acres Baptist Church. Are you a Christian? Let me tell you about my Savior. I'll tell you about why I'm a Christian. Well, people ask you if you're a Christian, you've got an automatic end to a witness. We need to get in the habit of telling people about the one who made it possible for us to go to heaven for an eternity. We want as many as will to join us. I'm telling you, that's the way it is. That's what Paul was talking to the Jews about. Y'all, y'all got everything misplaced. Well, he basically was telling the Jewish people, they're just a bunch of that died. You, you're just a bunch of lost folks. You need to get, you need to get saved, give your heart to Jesus. Well, that's a condition of the world. Who's going to tell them if we don't? Who's going to live before him like Jesus if we don't? It's up to us. It's up to us to do the right thing. Let's stand. We'll have a word of prayer. <laughs> I'm going to have to forget this standing at the end of the service. <laughs> so what y'all are getting up. <laughs> I may have to Appoint. I may have to get the ushers to go around and help y'all up. <laughs> yeah, without sound effects. In other words, Terry, shut up.